Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. the school shooting this week in Texas, we know many moms in our community are not only grieving, but are struggling on what to say to their kids. Today, we talk with Kim Ludwig of Research Psychiatric Center on helping our kids and ourselves navigate the news. We hope you find this episode helpful. Hi, Kim. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, especially on such short notice. Um, unfortunately, we are dealing with another, um, yet another school shooting, and we um, are so grateful for you to be here to kind of help us process how to handle this best with our kids. Yes, I, uh, my pleasure. Appreciate it. So school um, just got out for many of us or is about to get out. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Is it important to share this news with our kids? Or is it okay to avoid talking about it if they haven't been exposed to the news? I would absolutely start the conversation with your kids. Um, Most of the time, your kids are going to be exposed to this either through friends or through social media or media in general. Um, I would definitely start the conversation um, directly with them. Okay. So is there a certain age? So I have a 10, 8, and 6-year-old, and I kind of... The news had been on briefly when our 10-year-old walked into the room. He was not sleeping. And so I thought he'd seen it, so I asked, and he, you know, we kind of talked briefly. But like an 8- and 6-year-old, I don't know that they're going to be exposed to it since they're not in school right now. Sure. For that age, is it worth bringing up? I, I definitely think so. I think, you know, even in the neighborhood, um, whether at the, they're at the swimming pool or at a soccer game or just interacting with the neighbors, you know, this is a very uh, sensitive topic that, you know, just having casual conversation about it, um, they're going to hear something. If they haven't heard it, you know, with the current situation, um, they may have heard it, you know, in the past. So I think definitely being direct um, about these conversations is important and, and healthy uh, to be able to have these open dialogues versus avoiding them. Okay, Kim, I'm kind of going off the record here a little bit. I have a question yeah. about bringing it up or not bringing it up. Do you feel like that induces or um, exacerbates anxiety in a kid? Like, let's say I, off the record, I, I think there, there's anxiety regardless. I think avoiding the topic brings anxiety. I think uh, talking about it brings anxiety. I would rather have some control over that anxiety um, and knowledge of kind of where the anxiety meter lies by having those open dialogues. Okay. That's very helpful. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's a lot of times with kids, it's that line of uh, like, you just, there are things you just don't want your kids to know about, which I know is not, you know, it's not the way of the world, unfortunately, but um, it's really helpful to know. Yeah. 
okay, so if, you know, the advice is to start an open dialogue, start a conversation, how do we do that with our child or teenager? I would start the conversation with asking, you know, your child what what they've heard, you know, what is their knowledge base, you know, um, of what they've heard either from their friends or, or from the media in general, and just start it, you know, from that, from that question and that start point. And if they haven't, if they say, I have no idea, like with my 10 year old, I said, have you, you know, noticed any of the you know, sad news the last day? I would still start the conversation and and open that conversation uh, because even if they haven't heard, you know, specifically these incidences, um, you know, in other states, you want them to have some kind of knowledge base. It doesn't have to be an expansive knowledge base, but you definitely want them to have some kind of understanding. If this is brought up in their own school, if there's a if there's a drill, if there's any kind of discussion, um, you know, from teachers, anything like that, you want them to have some kind of base understanding of where this is coming from versus being blindsided with this topic. So what detail, say, you know, I'm going to go talk to my kids tonight. What detail would you give to say an elementary school age child about the events of the last, of this week? Mm-hmm. I would keep it really age appropriate. Um, I would not go into great detail. You de- again, depending on their knowledge and their questions, they're going to really ask you questions. And I wouldn't go into great detail uh, because you don't want to scare them and, and, and bring panic to them. Um, if, if this is just conversation that they are either having for the first time or you're just introducing this topic to them, I would really ask you know, them questions um, and and keep it fairly basic unless they're asking a little bit more, you know, deeper questions. Part of me too, I feel like it's so easy as a parent to like let your own emotions get in the way. And we'll touch on that here in a little bit. But like, I feel such anger that I even have to have a conversation. Like it makes me very upset, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah. Understandably. Okay. So you, okay. So you said, Find out what your child already knows. Um, What else do you suggest as far as kind of starting that conversation? Or just what, what kind of all is encompassed in that? Yeah, I would, you know, I would ask, I would let your child know that that is, you know, these are scary. This is a scary, I mean, it is a scary situation. You know, you're scared, you know, it, it brings, you know, you know, fear to you as well, because it is real. I mean, we, we've had situations, um, such as the school shooting a few months ago in Olathe. So it is hitting home and it is hitting our, you know, our own community. Um, I would encourage, you know, your, your child to ask those questions. I would answer those questions pretty directly. Um, I would, you know, share some of your own worry um, and be transparent. You know, I wouldn't want the parent to, you know, stuff your emotions or hide your own, you know, um, fears because it is a fearful topic. It's, it is real. I mean, anybody that, you know, is, has a gun running rampant, that's fearful regardless of what age you are. So when I was talking to a reporter um, today about just how the mom community is reacting. And one of the things she asked was, you know, my generation, we were in high school when Columbine happened now we have elementary school kids and you know, this is happening in elementary school. Um, is this 
and she said, is this just the reality for, you know, parenting these mm-hmm. days, like preparing your kids for these mm-hmm. kind of situations. And I have felt very lost on the balance of, I want my kids to understand in somewhat, you know, directness of what could happen and how to protect themselves or what you know, instructions to listen to with, I also want to protect their innocence and yes. hope. I mean, obviously we all hope it doesn't happen to us, but I don't want to you know, develop all this fear and anxiety of like, you mm-hmm. fool and die. Like this mm-hmm. is reality today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you balance that when you're talking to your kids of wanting to protect your child and prepare them with maintaining some sort of innocence of childhood? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. You know, it, it is a unfortunate topic that we do have to bring up to our younger youth um, because it is sadly the the reality of you know the education um, and the schools and in public schools right now. Um, it's I kind of relate it to like um, when we have tornado drills. Um, you know, we you know the reality is we're in you know kind of a tornado you know, alley. And the reality is we can have a tornado and we do have drills to be prepared for those. Um, it doesn't mean that we're going to have one every week. It doesn't mean that we may ever have one, but to prepare your mind on that topic alone is, you know, very similar to, you know, this traumatic event, um, is being prepared. You know, I mean, I, I don't think that you can prepare anyone, you know, for anything like this. Um, but just having the idea that it could happen, um, if you hear it from your friends or, you know, your school um, teachers that this is something that is a real topic um, and we do want to be open about it and talk to, the, you know, our kids and, you know, reduce some of those fears, you know, and questions, um, you know, like I, I, I spoke to um, some parents today and um, they had already taken their kids out of school um, this morning just for the fear of it. Um, and, and that's okay. You know, they, they're being proactive. And I think that's, you know, that they have to do what they need to do to, you know, ease their mind. Okay. Can I put you on the spot just a bit? Um, mm-hmm. So do you think that pulling your child out of school reinforces that they should be scared? You know, I think it's a scary situation regardless. I don't think that there's any right or wrong answer to that. Um, I think that you have to do what you have to do as a parent to, you know, to, to ease your mind and your heart with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, would want you to feel guilty that you left your child there and, you know, and, you know, something were to happen. There's not, a, there's not a right or wrong answer to this. I mean, we, we all know that it, it, we all send our kids, you know, um, people send their kids to school, never in a million years dreaming that this would happen. Um, but it does. It has. Um, I think that, you know, you're in protective mode and you're going to do, you're going to protect your, you know, your kiddo in in whatever circumstance, you know, that, you know, that you can, you know, it's going to be like if there was somebody that was harming your child at daycare um, or harming someone else's child at daycare, you're not going to send your, you know, your child back to that same location for the fear of something happening, you know, the next day. So you're just being prayed. Um, precautionary. Uh, and I don't think that taking your kid out of, you know, your child out of school the next day, um, I don't think that's a bad idea. So then if you're looking more long-term, like not just your initial reaction to this news, but 
you're trying to protect your child. Um, I've seen lots and lots of comments online of like, that's it. I'm homeschooling Mm -hmm. schools. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Or what do you say to parents who are thinking in that direction? You know, every family is, is, you know, different and and what works um, for their family and their child's needs. Um, I don't promote either homeschooling or public school, it's going to be, you know, the nature of what works best for, you know, the child and the family. I think homeschooling, um, I, I have spoken to parents that um, have explained that homeschooling has come a long ways in the last 20 years. It used to have kind of a negative st- stigma, you know, against it. Um, but now I think with the p- different platforms of homeschooling, um, it is, you know, um, uh, progressed significantly. Um, I've spoken to, um, uh, I spoke to a mom this morning, actually, um, that does homeschool. Um, and she said, this is one of the reasons why, you know, she feels the need to homeschool, um, you know, her kids. I say it, it, it's whatever works for, you know, the child um, in their education and learning and for the family. Sure, sure. That's kind of with everything with parenting is just kind of whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people have done homeschooling and it, and it didn't work so well. So they go back to public school and, you know, they try a different, you know, a couple of different avenues. I think if it works, you know, it, under the circumstances, you know, of, I, I wouldn't, I would say, I would say that I would caution, you know, parents of doing homeschooling just for the fear factor of taking a, you know, their child out of public school. If that's the only reason why they would homeschool, you know, I would really, um, you know, caution them, you know, if that was the only reason. Sure. Like just checking yourself with why, why am I making this decision? Is this a fear-based decision or is this really what's best for my child? Exactly. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on kind of going back to our tips on conversations with your kids? Um, what are your thoughts on media exposure? You know, we're in the world of media that kids live in media. We all live in media. I mean, adults are addicted to their own phones. Um, and you know, young, um, young children, um, in grade school have, you know, cell phones and iPads and they're exposed to that. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of limiting, um, you know, what your kids are exposed to on social media. You want to be, you know, you want to be sure that they're getting accurate information. And if, social media is the only avenue of, you know, the real facts, so to say, that they're receiving. Um, I I would be, you know, um, cautious of that because, you know, the media is going to, you know, put out information like on their algorithms or their feeds. um, And that's what, you know, your kids can be exposed to. And you really want them to know, you know, the truth of, of whatever their age, you know, is of understanding what the truth is. And I think that kind of speaks to your earlier point too, of really just starting the conversation, especially if like, if my child has social media, I would personally, I would want that information to come from me and be accurate first before he actually would see it, you know, on their phone or right. his phone or something. I would so, agree. Um, that's good. And so then Kim, when we're talking about parents who are feeling hopeless right now and scared, um, what can parents do? to take care of themselves? You know, um, 
the parents really, I mean, I think being transparent and just being honest, you know, with your own feelings and, you know, explaining that to your own children um, is good, healthy communication. I mean, parents are real people and, and, you know, we, we get scared and, and have fears just like anybody else. And, and really, I think with parents um, of, of providing, of coming up with a support group, I mean, you've got neighbors, you've got friends, you've got your own social media, um, you know, whether it's your church or your gym or w- whatever your social group is, you know, I really encourage parents to reach out to, you know, their social supports to be able to provide you know, support to them and validation and be able to have, you know, those folks and um, friends and families to be able to lean on. Um, These are really um, unprecedented times when we have these mass shootings, whether they're in schools or whether, you know, they're in a grocery store. Um, Those are real fears. And I think just having um, your support system and Um, taking care of your own emotions, whether that's, you know, seeking a therapist or um, working out uh, and then having those open dialogues with their kids. I think that's important. And then are there things we should watch for with our kids? Um, You know, they might be processing without talking to us um, Mm -hmm. because we're watching out for our own emotions. And if we need to seek help, what are some warning signs or things we should just pay attention to with our kids if they process? Yeah, I think common reactions, you know, it depends on, you know, the age group of your child, but I think common reactions definitely include, um, you'll want to watch like trouble concentrating or paying attention, whether that's at school or even, you know, at home. You may have younger children that become uh, more clingy to you um, and want to be glued to your side or have trouble separating. You know, those could be kind of early signs of, you know, having, you know, those anxieties. Um, And then the opposite of that, of kind of withdrawing um, and not talking a lot and um, really isolating themselves. Um, A lot of kids have a hard time expressing their feelings. Um, they can express anger, but they don't always know how to express, you know, sadness and losses and grieving. Um, so paying attention to those mood shifts, um, uh, I think are really important. So even if a, your child isolates in their room and, um, that's a normal, um, behavior for them, checking in with them, going to their room and checking in to see, you know, how are they, can we talk, I know this is not a fun subject to talk about, but, you know, you want to have those open dialogues and initiating those conversations. If you wait until your child comes to you to initiate these conversations, it it may not happen. Are there any, so with conversations, is there anything that we should be talking with, um, any, anything we should be talking about with our school administrators, um, like a lot of us, I think, are wondering, like, is my school prepared to deal with this? Or do my kids know how to protect themselves? Like Sarah and I were talking before this. And I don't know. I I, I definitely have some questions that I feel like I will want to be asking. And um, what are your thoughts on that as far as having conversations with schools? Yeah, a lot of schools um, have um, mental health built into those schools. I have colleagues that are actually therapists that are on site in um, several school districts. So kind of strength in numbers with with the parents. I think the parents have a strong influence on, you know, 
what can be developed in a school system. I think asking about mental health uh, services, whether that's uh, within house, if they have their own resources, or if they can um, seek resources outside of their school. Um, Research Psychiatric Center has recently partnered with Blue Valley School District, and we have just piloted a new um, support group um, for um, Blue Valley North um, to provide um, a group, kind of a group therapy session or a group support session for those high school kids. Um, We finished up the school year, but it was a huge success. So posing those ideas of, do you have a mental health um, provider? You know, um, usually usually it's a social worker um, that provides the mental health um, therapy, whether that's group or one-on-ones um, in the school districts um, or um, contracting out um, with community mental health um, centers. Also doing like assemblies um, or the assemblies to be able to debrief with the school in general. So having, you know, the kids like in the gymnasium and having those open discussions, Um, avoiding those discussions only, in my opinion, what I've seen is they only fester uh, more anxiety, more fear. Um, uh, So I really am a firm believer of having those assemblies um, and doing debriefings quickly um, after these incidences. Is there anything else that you can think of that you've had conversations with parents in the last, you know, 24 hours um, that parents are asking about that you feel like moms should be aware of or? I think really just seeking, you know, additional help. I mean, I think mental health gets you know, it has a stigma and, you know, reaching out, you know, for help, um, you know, is not an omission of weakness. Um, I mean, we all seek medical treatment for all kinds of reasons and mental health, you know, is, you know, has to do with our brain and our brains, you know, um, have, you know, uh, deficits at times and we need the additional support and help. So I think that parents really, you know, if they seek out, you know, treatment, whether it's from the uh, family practitioner or the pediatrician or, you know, mental health experts um, as needed, a lot of times, you know, families have um, their private insurance and they don't even tap into all the mental health resources that are available through their own insurance company. And, and uh, those are, you know, for their families. Um, so sometimes having a third party is really helpful, uh, you know, to provide some input and um, guidance, you know, when you're stumped with these tough conversations. Thank you so much for your time, Kim. It's been wonderful. Um, unfortunately, the reason for the podcast was not not one that we would have chosen to have, but we're so grateful for your your time and expertise and um, just taking time to share and help us all process. Yes, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you so Thanks, much. Kim. Thank you. Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.